pastor started us on a series called Standing in the Gap. Standing in the Gap. And uh, today I want to continue that on Standing in the Gap. And under that umbrella, I want to talk about intercession, the price, and the power. Intercession, the price, and the power. So let's go to the key verse that pastor has used during this series. And it's found in Ezekiel 22, verse 30. It says, this is the Lord speaking, I looked for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. I searched for someone to stand in the gap in the wall so I wouldn't have to destroy the land, but I found no one. So what did Pastor teach us in this series? He taught us that a gap was a breakdown in the protective barrier or defense in the wall. Okay, it was a breakdown of the defensive barrier. And God seeks someone to bridge that gap. He seeks someone who will rebuild the wall, who will come and stand in that place. So standing in the gap is a metaphor for a, for a committed intercession. It's a metaphor for committed intercession. An intercessor fills the gap between God and a person or God and a people or God and a region or a nation. And so the heart of God is searching for those who will answer the need. The picture is clear. Without someone in place, invasion of darkness occurs and eventual destruction of people takes place. So without someone standing in the gap, there will be fury. And that's what Pastor taught us. There will be fury because the enemy will capitalize on the breach in the wall. But with someone standing in the gap, there will be favor. There will be favor on the land. And God desires that whole households, whole regions, Whole nations will be saved. That's his heart. That's his desire. And that's what he's looking for, are people who will stand in the gap. So first, I want to start by sharing the price of intercession. The price of intercession. What does it cost to stand in the gap? Uh, Several men were in the locker room of a golf club. A cell phone on a bench rings, and the man engages the hands-free speaker function and begins to talk. Hello? Honey, it's me. Are you at the club? Yes. I'm at the mall now and found this beautiful leather coat. It's only $1,000. Is it okay if I buy it? Sure, go ahead if you like it that much. I also stopped by the Mercedes dealership and saw the new models. I saw one I really liked. How much? 70000 Okay, but for that price, I want it with all the options. Great. Oh, one more thing. The house we wanted last year is back on the market. They're asking 950000 Well then, go ahead and give them an offer, but just offer 900 Okay, I'll see you later. I love you. Bye. I love you too. The man hangs up and the other men in the locker room are looking at him in astonishment. Then he asks, 
Anyone know who this phone belongs to? So I'm talking about a price this morning. What's the price of standing in the gap? What does it take? And the first thing I want to talk about is time and energy. Time and energy. Isaiah 64 verse 7 says this, Yet no one calls on your name or pleads pleads with you for mercy. Therefore, you have turned away from us and turned us over to our sins. Isaiah was expressing the wayward state of of his people. And even in that pitiful state, they didn't cry out to God. Honestly, I believe that we would see more answers to prayer if we prayed more. If we prayed more. Don't you agree? If we diligently sought God's answers to situations and problems instead of complaining and talking to other people about it, I believe we would see more answers to our prayers. And we can get so distracted. We can get so distracted. Jesus went to the house of Martha, and she was busy serving and serving. And finally she was like, Jesus, Master, can you tell my sister to come and help me? I mean, Mary's just sitting there at your feet. She's not even lifting a finger to help me. And Jesus replied, Martha, beloved Martha, Mary has chosen the better thing. There's only one thing we need to be concerned with. And she's chosen that, and I'm not going to take that away from her. And so she was there undistracted before the feet of Jesus. And, and in our lives, we can get so distracted. But just think about if we would pursue God in prayer, if we would take that time to pray for ourselves and then pray for other people, Because I want to tell us that there are going to be some situations that are not going to be answered by a natural means. There are going to be some situations that we're going to come across in our life that there's not going to be a natural solution. We're not going to be able to fix it with our own hands. It's going to take a supernatural prayer intervention to change the person and to change the situation. So we need to go before the Lord in intercession. And it takes time. And it takes action and effort. Jesus, he alluded to this when he said, when he came down from the Mount of Transfiguration and, and he came across a man and, he, and the man came to him and he said, would you cast out this demon that has been vexing my son? I brought him to your disciples and they couldn't cast the demon out. And so Jesus cast the demon out. And then later on, his, his disciples asked, why couldn't we cast out that demon? And Jesus said, because it takes prayer. It takes prayer. It takes time spent with the Lord to have the supernatural power, the supernatural means. And he even said, also, it takes fasting. Oh, not fasting, Pastor D, anything but fasting. I need my three meals a day. Sometimes it's going to take fasting. And it's just a time to separate and say, Lord, I'm just going to spend this time with you. I'm going to spend this time because I believe 
that prayer moves your hand like nothing else. And I need a supernatural intervention. I need a supernatural means. Can you imagine if we gave as much time and effort as we did to some of the other pursuits in our lives to prayer? Ouch. I'm right there with you. I'm preaching to myself today. But we want to focus on the Lord. And we want to come to Him in prayer. We want to come to Him. And sometimes that's going to take time and effort. What's another thing it'll take? It'll take sleep. Sleep. Of all things, sleep. And Matthew verse 26, verse 40 says this. And then he returned to the the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? I want to say to us that Jesus still asks that question. He still asks us that question. Could you pray with me? Could you meet me? And you may ask, why would prayer cost sleep? Why would prayer cost us sleep? Well, the Lord may want to use us for an urgent need at that particular moment. There may be something that's going on at that particular moment. And God wants an intercessor to intercede on behalf of someone or on behalf of something. My husband, he's he's talked about this and he said, that one time when he was in his early 20s, he was awakened by the Holy Spirit. And he, he went into prayer. And so he started praying. And, and then he saw a, a loved one of his. And he saw them in a, in a situation where they were in trouble. And so he interceded. He prayed on their behalf. And so then afterwards he went back to sleep. Well, in the morning he talked to that loved one. And he, and, they, and he told that loved one, you know what, I was awakened last night and I, I saw you in this situation. And that loved one said, yes, yes, I was in trouble. But thank God that prayer covered that loved one. And he was, that person was okay. He was okay. So God may want to use us at a moment. And will we be willing Will we be willing to say, yes, Lord, I'm willing to pray. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to even sacrifice my sleep. The Lord knows what we need, and he will provide us with the strength that we need. But sometimes he's going to ask that we would pray when it's most inconvenient to pray. When it's most inconvenient to pray, he will ask us to pray. And and sometimes at night, that's when we are less distracted. That's when he can have our undivided attention. And so I want to challenge us, the next time that you have a restless night, would you consider that maybe the Lord is calling you to prayer? Would you consider and make yourself available, that we would make ourselves available and say, Yes, Lord, I'm willing to pray. I'm willing to pray. Use me. What else will it take? It will take purity of motive. Purity of motive. Isaiah 6, verse 6 and 7 says, Then one of the seraphim flew to me with the burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. 
He touched my lips with it and said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. Isaiah encounters God's presence. The encounter with the holy presence of the high and lifted up one automatically makes him keenly aware of his and his people's sinful state. God remedies that. Isaiah's lips were touched by a coal from the altar. Isaiah is cleansed. Then the Lord asks, Who will go for us? Whom can I send? Then and only then could the answer to God's call be answered by Isaiah to be a prophet to the nations. Only after he was cleansed was he ready to go. And that cleansing came. And then the commission of Isaiah came. And he was ready. And I believe that purity of motive is the most desired characteristic of an intercessor. To have a pure motive. Because when you have a pure motive and you're praying for other people, it's not us and them. It's not me and them. No, we identify with the people that we pray for. We come to have a heart, the heart of God for others. And we have then the love of God for others. And when we begin to pray for them, there's a humbleness that comes upon us. And we say, Lord, I want your purpose for that person. You know, oftentimes when I pray for people, there's something, when I, when I look at per, a person, I've begun to learn that I'm not to judge that person on the outside. Because when they come, when someone comes and I pray for them and I say, Lord, I want you to show me what you want me to pray for that person. Oftentimes it's something completely different than what I had in mind. God has a greater plan. His thoughts are greater than our thoughts. His ways are greater than our ways. And so we want to have the heart of God to pray for others. Paul said it well. He said this. It's only by God's amazing grace that has made me who I am. Let us never forget that God's amazing grace has cleansed us has brought us to the place that we're at so that when we come before the Lord for others, on behalf of others, there's a purity, there's a love in the motive. And then what else is it going to take? It's going to take patience. Patience. It's going to take patience in intercession. Daniel verse 10, 11 through 14 says, And the man said to me, Daniel, You are very precious to God. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up, still trembling. Then he said, Don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. 
Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now I am here to explain what will happen to your people in the future, for this vision concerns a time yet to come. We are in a war. There will be spiritual resistance. And most wars are not won in days, but in years. As long as we continue the battle, God will bring the victory. As long as we continue the battle, God will bring the victory. And we see in this passage that the moment that Daniel began to pray, God sent the answer. God sent the answer, but there was a resistance that held back the answer. And God is not withholding from us. He's not withholding answers for us. And that's what the enemy, that's what Satan would like us to think, that God is withholding from us. But oftentimes, it's actually Satan who is the culprit and is the one who is bringing the resistance. He is the one that is bringing the delay. I'm still praying for things that I've been praying for for some years now that I haven't yet seen the answers. You may be praying for some things that you have not seen, the fulfillment, the answer for it. And there are going to be days that we lose the battle. There are going to be some dark days that it's going to seem like there's no hope. And we may want to get discouraged and give up. But I want to encourage us that we can't give up praying because even when it seems useless, if we don't give up, God is going to bring the harvest. He will bring the harvest because He is sure to bring His word to pass. And so don't give up. Don't stop praying. Don't stop interceding. I'm going to encourage you today. If you're praying for something, keep on praying. Because we're going to win the war. And we're going to have the victory. R.A. Tory says it like this. Prayer can do anything that God can do. Prayer can do anything that God can do. Now let's talk about the power of intercession. What is the power of standing in the gap? The first point is binding and loosing. Matthew 16, verse 19 says, And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Derek Prince writes this in his book. And he talks about delegated authority. Throughout the universe, there is one and only one supreme source of authority. God the Creator. God does not normally exercise his authority directly, however, but delegates it to others of his choice. After Jesus rose from the dead, he told his disciples, All authority has been given me in heaven and on earth. 
since that time, God has placed all authority in the hands of Jesus. But Jesus, in turn, delegates to others the authority that he has received from the Father. And who are those others? Us, the church. We are those others. And keys in this passage denote authority. Authority. Jesus has given us his authority. He has given us the great privilege and responsibility of establishing his kingdom here on earth. And part of that establishing is the ministry of intercession. It's the ministry of prayer. An easy way to think about binding and loosing is to ask, what is forbidden in heaven? What is forbidden in heaven? I'm going to give you an example. Sickness is forbidden in heaven. So that when we get to heaven, there's not going to be anyone who is sick. There will be no ailments. There will be no conditions. There will be wholeness of body. And so it's forbidden in heaven. And we want to bring heaven's kingdom down to earth. So we can say, I bind sickness in this body. I bind it because I have the authority to bring heaven's kingdom down. But it's not enough to just bind. It's not enough just to stop. We must loosen as well. So I can say, according to 1 Peter 2, verse 24, by Christ's wounds, you are healed. So I loosen the healing power of Jesus. I loosen it on your body, and I say, today, be made whole, because I have the authority to bring heaven's kingdom down, and to do that in the situation or in the life of a person. Now, this is not just a formula. I'm not talking about, oh, we have to get the right words in place. No, I'm talking about the principle. Uh, We have authority to stop something. And we also have an authority to put something in. We have the authority to put God's kingdom into a situation and into a circumstance. I don't believe that everything that happens is the Father's will is the will of the Father. Not everything that happens here on earth is God's will. And how can I say that? Because then, because Jesus wouldn't have told us or teach us to pray, Father, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. He wouldn't have taught us to pray like that if everything was already the Father's will. No, he's given us power and authority to exercise and to bring in the Father's will, to bring in the Father's purpose in a situation. So whenever we see the the counterfeit kingdom of the enemy in play, we can say, no, stop. You are forbidden in the name of Jesus. And I say right now, in the name of Jesus, I loosen the power of Jesus' name and the kingdom authority. I take it in this situation. We are to be like rest on the football field, okay? Rest have authority on the football field. When they see a play that's illegal, what do they do? They come out, they blow the whistle, they say stop, and then they bring in a penalty. 
That's what we're to do. Whenever we see the enemy operating, coming and bringing destruction, coming and bringing sickness, coming and bringing a shortage or a poverty, we can say, uh-uh, I stop you in the name of Jesus. And I blow my whistle and I say, uh-uh, you're not going to no longer going to operate. This action is illegal and I'm going to loosen the power of Jesus Christ. I'm going to bring in the rules of the covenant. So if we're going to do that, we need to know what's covered in the covenant. We need to know the rules, what Jesus' covenant permits and what it prohibits, what it provides for and what is illegal. And then we can stand up and we can pray powerfully. And just like Jesus said, it is written. When the enemy came against him, he said, no, it is written. The Father's purpose and the Father's plan be in this situation. We bring heaven's kingdom down to earth. Amen? Amen. So I have a directive for us this week. This week... I want to encourage us to use the authority of Jesus to bind and loose. So whenever you come across something that is illegal in the spiritual realm, I want you to use your authority. Use it in prayer this week to bring God's kingdom into that situation. And then the second point under the power of standing in the gap is our prayer partner, the Holy Spirit. Our prayer partner, the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 26 says this, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. The Holy Spirit is our prayer partner, and He makes our weak prayers effective. He makes our weak prayers effective. And sometimes we're going to be praying because we're facing a situation that we don't even have words for. We're going to come in and we're just going to feel. We're just going to feel the feelings. There are going to be times that We're not going to have words to pray and we're just going to cry in the presence of God. Or we're going to come in and we're going to feel so angry that we feel like crying out to God and say, God, come and help in this situation. There will be times that we're going to just groan in the presence of God. Well, in those times, we can yield those emotions We can yield those feelings over to the Holy Spirit and he takes those utterances and he makes them prayers to God. He makes them powerful prayers and even shows us how we should pray. He even gives us a strategy, a plan of operation that we can know in that situation. We may come into that prayer time totally confused, not knowing which way to turn, not knowing what to do, but then the strategy of the Holy Spirit says I want you to pray this and we begin to pray and then we start to 
fill the exchange, the power of the Holy Spirit come upon us. And we don't come out of that prayer time the same way that we went in. We come out powerful because we know that Holy Spirit, the Father, is working on our behalf. And we know that that answer is coming. It's on its way. The breakthrough is on its way because there was power when we pray with our best greatest prayer partner the Holy Spirit so the directive to us this week is ask the Holy Spirit to be your prayer partner just come before him and say Holy Spirit would you be my prayer partner would you show me how to pray would you take my prayers and line them up with the will of the Father and make them effective Would you be my prayer partner and just wait. Wait on him. He'll direct you. He'll lead you because he's with us. So I want us to know today. I want you to know that this is your mission. Intercession is your mission if you choose to accept it. Will you be a champion who will stand up before God and bridge the gap? Will you pray for those who can't pray for themselves? To be a part of a breakthrough for a person that they can never gain on their own? To refuse to just see a person on the outside, but to see them how the Father sees them with intrinsic value and beauty on the inside, the way that he carefully created, the things that he created in them. Because by our prayers, we will see people snatched out of the hand of the enemy and translated into the kingdom of God. We will see wretched bodies that were wretched with pain and sickness become whole and healed. We will see regions and nations overturned and turned back to righteousness. We will see the Spirit of God poured out in the land. And by our prayers, we will initiate heaven's dominion and rescue and release the captives overturn injustice and dispatch angelic intercession and visitation the promise is this if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways I will hear. I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins. And I will restore their land. If we pray, we can see God bring in from the north and the south and the east and the west, the prodigals, everyone who belongs to the Father. And we will see the words of this house spoken prophetically come to pass. We will taste the victory of God if we will pray. If we will pray. So let us pray. Let us pay the price. Let us release God's power. And let us stand in the gap. I want you to close your eyes right now. God, we thank you. 
We thank you because your power is in this place. When your word goes out, it does not return void. It does everything that it was sent out to accomplish. And so, Lord, I thank you for the word, Lord, that will be planted, Lord, in our hearts and minds, and it's going to yield good fruit. God, I thank you for your people here today and those watching online. Lord, that we will answer the call to pray like never before, like never before. And we know that we don't do this in our own strength. Your grace, your power, your enablement. Lord, all we have to do is do the yielding. And Lord, you, you do the power. Lord, you partner with, with us. You enable us to pray. You enable us to take the time. Lord, you enable us, oh God, to pray when, even when we don't want to pray. You enable us, oh God. So Lord, I thank you for what you're doing. And I'm going to ask if you're answering that call this morning. I'm just going to ask that you just stand up right where you're at. Just stand. Just show that you are standing in the gap right now. Just stand up. If you're answering the call of intercession, just stand up. And let that be a visible sign saying, Lord, I'm here. Here I am. Lord, send me. I answer your call. You're seeking out those who will stand in the gap. Me, Lord, me, I'm willing. I'm willing to do what you've called me to do. I'm willing to pray the prayers, to see the fulfillment of your heart, Jesus. Of your heart, I'm answering the call today. Lord, you see these who are standing, my God, even those who are online, who are standing. God, I thank you that it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by your spirit that you are going to bring about, Lord, through the prayers of your people, which is sweet incense ever before your throne, you're going to bring about overturning. You're going to bring about victory. You're going to bring about healing. You're going to bring about solutions where there is no solution, ways where there are no ways. God, we thank you for all that you're doing, oh God, because yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory forever and ever. Amen and amen. God, we thank you, Lord. 